Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, church family. Good to be in God's house. Good to be here. Good to see me too. Anyway, happy Resurrection Sunday. Um, My name is Rick Thompson. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those who are visiting us online. A preacher went into his church, and he was praying to God, and while he was praying, he, he asked God, how long is 10 million years to you? And God replied, one second. The next day, the preacher asked God, how much is $10 million to you? And God replied, a penny. Then finally, the next day, the preacher asked God, can I have just one of your pennies? And God replied, yes, of course. Just wait a second. (laughs) Come on, that's funny. Again, my name is Rick Thompson. I want to welcome you to our Sunday Easter service. We're entering in a brand new series that we've entitled DM Me. Who knows what DM Me stands for? Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Direct message me. That's what it means. And that joke that I just told this morning is related to the message that we're going to be talking about in terms of laughter and what, and what makes God laugh. But it also is a nod to last week's series, TikTok, A Time for Everything. That was worth checking out. If you ever get some time, go back and listen to some of the the old messages. They they will bless you. But in this series, we're asking the question, if God were to DM you or to direct message you using text talk, what would he say? Well, we've come up with a few things that he might say. He might might talk to us about the fact that he promised to BRB. What does BRB stand for? To be right back. Right? He said he's coming back, right? And when he returns, he's not coming back as a suffering servant like he did the first time. He's coming back as a conquering king. Can I get an amen? Amen. He's coming back as a conquering king. Or he might discuss with us what the Bible has to say about the EOD. What does EOD mean? Anybody? End of days. The end of days. How How many know that We're on a time clock, and things are coming to an end. Anyone sense that? You just kind of feel it. Feel like this world gone crazy, and that it's all starting to count down. Or he might say to you, H-M-U, me. What does that mean? Hit me up. (laughs) Hit me up, which means to call on me. Or how to stay in communication with him. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. I, I have a theory between the, the difference between the called and the chosen. The called are the ones who answer. I mean, the chosen are the ones who answer the call. Come on, somebody. Amen. I think God calls a lot of people, but a lot of people are just too busy for God. And you know what I always say. If you're too busy for God, you're just too busy. Well, the DM that we're talking about this morning is what causes God to LOL. Say it again. Or the ROFL. 
laugh out loud or roll on the floor laughing. Someone told me there's another one, Pastor Rick. They told me it was LMBO, but you get, the, you get the gist of that one. What makes God laugh out loud? Now, someone said, if you want God to laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> you didn't wait till 2 o'clock in the morning to get that one. Some, some of you, it's going to be 2 o'clock in the morning. You're going to start cracking up. And that's not actually... People think that's a biblical term. It's not, but there's some biblical truth to it. Does God have plans for us? Turn to your neighbor and say, he absolutely does. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. How many times do we see the word plans there? At least three times. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Does God have plans? Yes, God has plans, and it's for your good and his glory. Amen? God has plans, and his plans extend out beyond just the here and now. It's not just for what's going on on this planet. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. You know, I always like to ask that question. Anybody love him in here? Not ashamed to say so. Amen. You love him, right? But God's got plans for you. He's got plans for you that you haven't even conceived. It hasn't even crossed the minds of us what God has planned for us, even beyond the here and the now. But the question this morning is, what would cause God to laugh out loud? And you'll be surprised what the Scripture has to say. I've come up with a couple of four things. Everyone should have an outline. We're looking at a fairly good-sized house in here today, a fairly good turnout. Uh, keep your mask on. <laughs> but what would cause God to laugh out loud? In Psalms chapter 37, verse 12, it says, The wicked plot against the godly, and they snarl at them in defiance. But the Lord just does what? Help me, somebody. He does what? He laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. He sees their end of days. And when he looks at people like that, it ain't pretty how it's going to end. How many know that God gets the last laugh every time? Every single time, God will get the last laugh. So I want you to fill in. This is your first fill-in. He laughs at the schemes or the plots of the wicked because he knows how things are going to end. That's to say those who choose to live their lives doing their own thing, rejecting his grace and the knowledge of Jesus in their lives. How many know there's people out there like that? They got Bibles. It's got 15 inches of dust on them. They've heard this message. They've come to Easter before, and it literally goes in one ear and out the other as they continue to do their own thing and live their own lives. When Knowing what Jesus said, what does it matter if you gain the whole world? But in the end, you lose your soul. For what can you give in exchange for your soul? Amen? If you're living just for the here and now, listen to me, you've aimed low, you'll hit your target. 
Did you, did you hear what I said? If you're living just for the here and now, you've aimed low and you're going to hit your target. The plots and the, uh, of the wicked just makes God laugh. What else makes him laugh? I want you to write this down. He laughs at the plans of those who would oppose him. Those who would oppose him and those who would set themselves up against his plans and his anointed one and his people. Listen to what Psalms 59.8 says. It says, but you laugh at them, Lord. You scoff at all those nations. Who were the nations? There were nations that rose up in defiance of him and his people and what God was trying to do at the time. It just put a smile on his face because he knew how it was going to end. And I can imagine that's what happened 2,000 years ago to the devil and the ruling leaders of the time where they found out the hard way during that first Easter Sunday morning. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 5, it says, Then the angel spoke to the women, Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. What does it say? He isn't there. Come on, somebody. He isn't here. Some of the most powerful words in all of history. He isn't here. And let me tell you something. <laughs> I've been over to Israel. I've been to the tomb. And he still isn't there. Come on, somebody. We serve a risen Savior, which is the point of today. Amen? The Bible says, or the angel says, he has risen from the dead just as he said it would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. And the women ran quickly from the tomb and they were very frightened but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And they went, and as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them and they ran to him and grasped his feet and they worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Folks, we serve a risen Savior. Amen? Amen. You see, they thought, the devil thought, and the, and the leaders of the time thought that they had won with the crucifixion. They had finally gotten rid of this person who was causing them nothing but problems. And they thought when they nailed him to that tree that their problems were done. But that was Friday. <laughs> Sunday was coming. Amen? Sunday was still coming. Now listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. He says, No, we declare God's wisdom as mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for glory before time began. Watch this, watch this. None of the rulers of this age understood it. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, what does it say? They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. In other words, the crucifixion and the resurrection itself is a testimony and a reason for the laughter of God, the, the LOL of God. Come on, somebody. The Bible says if his enemies had known it was going to turn out to be their greatest butt whooping and God's greatest victory through the resurrection, they wouldn't have done it. They'd have thought twice. The devil would have said, oh, man, Oh, snap, I'm thinking I'm winning, but I'm not winning this one. I'm going to get my butt kicked in the end. And he would have thought twice. 
Because ultimately it was part of God's plan. See, they were plotting and they were scheming and they were doing their thing. But God had a plan to redeem all of mankind. Friends, God looks at the plans of the enemy against him and, and his anointed one and he just laughs. Because he's, he, they're playing checkers and he's playing 10th level chess. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They, they, they're still moving one block at a time. And he's already 10 steps ahead of them. The deck is stacked in his favor and in the favor of those who love him. Anybody love him in here today? Come on, somebody. He opposes the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. And so he laughs at the plots and the schemes of the wicked. And he laughs at the plans of those who would oppose him. But let me give you some two positive things that he laughs about, too. He laughs, and this is a beautiful thing to dispel all fears, and to reaffirm our faith. Come on, somebody. He laughs to dispel all fears and to dispel and to reaffirm our faith. We sang about that in the song. That's what got me so excited. It said in Psalm chapter 2, verse 4, the one enthroned in heaven does what? Help me. Come on. Are you guys out there? Are you out there? Are you awake? The one enthroned in heaven does what? My, not, uh, the, the New Living Translation says, the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Yes, folks, no matter what we are going through, no matter what situation, what trial you are facing, listen to me, God is still on his throne. God is still on his throne. And he who sits on the throne is not sitting up there wringing his hands and his fingers going, oh, my goodness, uh, there's a plague on the planet. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, my children are having a difficult time. I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I got to stay up all night. He's not sitting up there pacing back and forth, wondering what's going to happen. My Bible says he's alive and he's, a, and he's still in charge and he's enthroned in heaven. Amen? Amen? And so he's there and he's in charge and he's still in charge. And indeed, he wants us to take comfort from that. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. And he wants us to take comfort in that as well so that we can experience the joy of the Lord. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 21. He said, blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will, you will laugh. In other words, we may be going through some difficult times now. But the end result will be laughter for those who are true followers of Christ and those who love them. Anybody in here love them today? Come on, somebody. Anybody in here not ashamed to say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ? Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what God wants for each and every single one of us on this Easter. I don't care what you're going through. He wants you to experience his joy, his real joy in our lives. He laughs at the plots of our enemy. He laughs at those who would plan to oppose him. But, folks, he laughs to dispel our fears and to reaffirm our faith, to let you know that no matter what you are facing, whether it's a marital situation or whether it's something going on in your body or in your mind, he is still on his throne, and we can still place our faith and trust in him.
Let me give you the final one that God laughs about. He laughs, he laughs, and this is the most powerful one, because he loves us and he's redeemed us. That's what ultimately put a smile on his face. That's what this resurrection is all about. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. We serve a risen Savior that wants to bring laughter and true joy into our lives, but it's not based on circumstances. It's based on a resurrected Christ. It's based on the truth that that tomb is empty. And as the angel says, he's not there just as he said he he has risen just as he said he would rise. And if his promises of resurrection are true, then it's all true. Come on, somebody. And we can place our trust in him. This is what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says. It says, fixing our eyes on who? On our problem. On our situation. On our circumstances. What does it say to fix our eyes on? On your husband. On your wife on your children, on your job, on your lack of a job. What does it say to fix your eyes on? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus, especially in this world that we're living in. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Watch this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Friends, family, you are what Easter is all about. He says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. How many know those are two words that you don't usually put together, joy and the cross? Who puts those two words together? Only God. Only God. Because the cross was an instrument of great pain and suffering, and it certainly wasn't something that caused joy. Certainly wasn't something that we would say, oh, this is a joyous occasion that's taking place. But that's not what he was focusing on. The Bible says he endured the cross, or he scorned the shame of the cross, And he looked beyond the cross and he saw the result of what his redemptive act would bring to every single one of us. When he faced the cross, he wasn't looking at the cross. He was looking at you. And he was looking at me. And he's looking at all of humanity and he's saying, you are worth it. You are worth it. You are worth it. And he put a smile on his face and he said, even though I have to endure this painful situation, it's going to buy back something that I need and that I want. And it brought a smile to his face. You are what brought a smile to God's face because he knew that in that one act, he was going to buy back mankind for all time and all eternity. And that, my friends, that, my friends, brought laughter to heaven. And it should, bring joy, it should bring joy to each and every one of us. And I would say this, and I always like to remind people, if he doesn't do anything else, if he doesn't do not one more thing, how many know he's done enough? Amen? If he doesn't do one more thing, he's done enough in this one redemptive act. 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He wasn't looking at the cross. He looked out beyond the cross and he saw my face and your face and your face. And he said to all of heaven, you're worth it to me. And he laid down his life for every single one of us. And not just to lay it down, that was Friday. Sunday was coming. But he was going to take it back up. Amen. And because he lives, the Bible says we have the, the promise of eternal life as well. Does that make sense? We serve a risen Savior. The fact that he died is not the miraculous thing. Yes, it was a redemptive act. It paid for everything. But it was the fact that he got up after three days, after he promised that he would. And that that tomb, some 2,000 years later, is still empty today as a test and a testimony to every single one of us that he's alive and he's well and he's sitting on his throne. Oh, my goodness. Don't they sing a song, something like that, in their song that we sing? And so, folks, we keep our eyes on Jesus. And let us remember that the joy of the Lord is our strength and that weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And the same God, the same God who is the God of the hilltop is the God of the valley. And you may be going through a valley in here today. I know I've been going through some difficult times. He's the same God. And you may be tempted to think, oh, no, there's a different God. No, the same God is the God of the hilltop is the God of the valley. And uh, listen, listen to me. Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. Amen. And he laughs out loud. He laughs out loud. He laughs out loud at the schemes of the enemy. He laughs out loud at the plots of those who would oppose him. He laughs, more importantly though, to dispel the fears and to affirm the faith of those who love him. And he laughs because he loves each and every one of us. And in that one act, he did it. He did it for you. And he did it for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can someone say thank you, Jesus? Can someone just worship him in this place today? Can someone give him honor in this place today? Not ashamed to say, Lord, you did it. 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 And we are thankful and we are grateful to you, Lord, for what you've done. And folks, that's a God I want to serve. That's a God I want to surrender my life to. Amen? That's a God that I'm going to do my best to, to out of gratitude for what he's done for me, no matter what I'm facing, to keep serving him. Amen? And that should be our attitude as well. If you've not yet surrendered your life to Jesus, now would be a great time to do that. Can we do that right now? Can I ask everyone to bow their heads and to close their eyes? If you have not yet accepted Christ as your Savior and your Lord and you'd like to, it'd be my privilege and my honor to lead you in a prayer of commitment to him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and you'd like for me to pray for you, if you've not yet prayed to receive Jesus, just slip up your hands and say, Pastor Rick, I want Jesus in my life. 
I want Jesus in my life or I want to recommit my life to Jesus, right now, just slip up your hands. And while you're watching, those who are watching online, listen, I don't have to see your hand. God sees your hand. I want Jesus in my life. Heavenly Father, right now I thank you that our joy is not rooted in circumstances, but it's rooted in you and what you've done, particularly on this day that we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for the joy that was set before you. You endured the cross. You took your place so that we can take our place with you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Father, to stay focused on you no matter what we're going through, no matter what situation we're in. Whether on the mountaintop or in the valley, you are the God of both. And Father, today, today, I surrender my life completely to you. Completely to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen and Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.